Hello you, tuning in to Psychomedy. It's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. ThreadUp brings exciting new changes to its services in direct response to what we learned while supporting comedians and creatives through the crisis with their mental health and including those who lost their income. Check it out at threadup.co.uk and get in touch to arrange your therapy that supports creativity. two of my conversation with the comedy legend that is Kate Copstick. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, a subject I've been studying for 25 years and a quarter of a century of studying the fascinating way our minds work on and off stage. Alongside being a stand-up for the last 10 years has led me here today discussing the psychology of comedy with some brilliant people from the comedy industry. So here we go with part two of my conversation with Kate Copstick. And in part one, we talked about so many things, her childhood and the traumatic death of her mother, the sudden death of her mother when she was 17. And then we got to talk about her charity work with the brilliant mama, Biashara, where she does such great work for women and children and families in Kenya and elsewhere. And I started to at least suggest to her that flying in the face of her reputation as a feared comedy critic that this actually showed that underneath all that she was a caring and loving person surely she would agree with that absolutely not no? uh, uh, the mama biashara is um very much uh very much mu- when we were little always really uh there's none of this mushy darling nonsense um but the way my dad showed love was just by making everything okay you know i we didn't do it love you make my flesh crawl that's i honestly think there ought to be some kind of it's impossible but like a a test for when you're allowed to say Love. It's a huge word. It's the biggest word in the world. You can't just bandy it about. Like, love you. No, you don't. Somebody, um, you know, people are, oh, love you. You don't love me. You don't even know me. Yeah. You don't, you probably don't even like me. So what's with all this, love you, but... So what, do, you use, do you use that word now? Have you used it in the, in the last... I, I had, I, I had a big thing about never using it. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's an absolute. I think uh, if you say to somebody, I love you, then what you mean is I would kill for you and I would die for you. And the only person I feel like that about is my father. But, you know, we weren't a big L word household. Yeah, no, no, nor was I as a kid, but you meet people mm. over the years and you do love them. Has that not been the case with you? Well, there, there are, there is no one that I feel about the way I feel about my father. That might sound slightly creepy, but there just isn't. There just isn't. Um, what happened was there was an ex of mine, um, a woman, and uh, she was very. Oh, you've never used the L word. And she <laughs> she kind of dumped me and cheated on me a, a few times, came back, and then the last time she said, well, it's because you've never used the L word. So I was feeling a bit fragile uh, uh, on account of the amount of vodka I'd taken. And um, I said, okay, okay, I love you. And um, she then said, Oh my God, I never expected you to say it. <laughs> By the way, I've already got someone else. Um, so, so then, I was devastated to do much, but I was like, mm. and... Um, and what age were you here? Oh, 50. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, right. Older, maybe. Yeah, maybe mid-50s. 
And um, so was this at a kind of similar time when you were getting your head together? Well, I was uh, no. actually no. That no, no, no. I must have been about fifty. Forty-eight, forty-nine. Anyway, yeah. what I did do, I was so appalled at having. I felt it was like losing your virginity. You know, using the L word. Yeah. Um. And I was so appalled that I'd lost my L word virginity to this woman <laughs> who tricked me. Right. Um, that I got on a train. And I went up to Edinburgh and I spent a weekend trying to pluck up the courage to tell my dad that I loved him. And it was the end of the weekend and we were on the platform at Waverley and the train was in. I thought, fuck, 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 fuck. So I said, eh, look, okay, uh, just before I go, um, uh, I, I really just uh, came up here because I had something to, uh, something to say and um, uh, uh, so I, I told him about this woman and I said, uh, and really, I felt really angry because the only person that I've ever really loved is you. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was uh, it's kind of the only time I've uh, used the L word and really meant it. And I, I really try not to use it because then, then what do you say? I love you more. I love you lots. I really love you. If you if you say you love every love you, then yeah. I agree it's overused and yeah. When it when it actually matters, yeah. what do you say, and how do they know what you mean? Yeah, I mean as I say, I have a similar story to to you not using the word love as a child and then only using it in a real moment of anger against my stepdad saying I love my mom, you know, and that's probably the only time she heard it as a kid. But yeah. in subsequent years. I've been lucky enough to meet people that I love and I've been able to say that very easily and mm. I say it to my kids and it's it's you know it's it, it's you know it would be a shame to be scared of that word to such an extent that you never say it but you yeah. have been through you know obviously traumatic events as a child and that thing happening when you were 50 that um it would be a shame to, well, to I mean to, I don't to give think up on that word I don't, and I also think that you know you get a thing about it you'll well, like you, you know, it's um, not not exactly an OCD thing, but you go, well, I'm, I'm not, I don't see it, I don't see it. it, that's me, I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, I've said it to cats. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and you know, I've said it to items of food. You know, I love salted caramel, blah blah. Uh, it's, so it's not that I, I never. <laughs> it's not that you never say it. No, no, it's just mainly, mainly cats and, and salted, salted caramel. caramel. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess on a related note, can we just go back quickly to me saying you're a nice person, you're nice for doing this, you're very caring, you're very loving for doing this charity. You're not. I tell not. you what it is. Why are you not? Well, I tell you what it is. Is um, this just a tax dodge? <laughs> it, absolutely, yeah. No, it's. Uh, um, it, when I, I, I was saying about my dad, he showed that he loved us by making everything okay. Mm. Like that whole thing of anybody, anything happens, tell them to call me. Mm. That was his way of saying, I love you. I'm here to make your life okay. So what I have, I'm a fixer, you know, um, and, and the way I want, I'm not a big holdy handies you know, let me feel your pain. Nobody can feel anybody else's pain. That's just ridiculous. Um, but what I can do is help you fix it. Me and Coldplay. <laughs> but what? Me and Chris Martin, <laughs> we will fix you. But why won't you let me tell you that you're loving and caring and a nice person for doing that? Um, because I think, uh, I think, think you are maybe assuming that it it's a loving and a caring thing. It's really just a fixing thing. And I'm lucky. What else would it be apart from loving and caring about these people? You're not doing it to get money out of them. You're not doing it for your own career. You're not doing it for your money, no. presumably. Because I'm doing it because, I, because I'm lucky and I can. 
I can fix people. I can fix. But don't, don't you see that obviously there's this word love and scared of love. You're also scared of being told that you're a loving person to these people. I think, can you recognise that it's not just me that would think you're a loving, caring person for going out to Kenya and helping these women and helping these families? Can you um, recognise that objectively you caring, are caring? Maybe. Caring, yeah, maybe. I do, yes, I do okay. care. Well, without right? using okay. the I'll give, you <laughs> I'll give you caring. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you caring. And, um, yeah, I do care. And I, I, I care that everyone has a chance. It's, again, it's something my dad says. Everyone deserves a chance, a proper chance, and everyone deserves to have choice. Yeah. And when you are completely poor, the first thing poverty, two things poverty takes away from you, absolute poverty. One, takes away tomorrow. You have no tomorrow. There's no point. You, you, today is too horrific. And two, it takes away the power of no. You can't say, so the first thing that I, that Mama B kind of gives back to the women that we help is the power of no. And we used to do, uh, I'm really not a fan of, you know, workshops and whatnot, but we used to do this thing where, because most of the, the, at the beginning, the women we helped uh, were, had all been forced into sex work because they had no money and that was the only way they could pay the rent and pay for food for their kids. So once we'd done the talking about business and looking at what business they could do and we'd, I'd arranged the money so that they could set up their businesses, we just did, I said, believe me, when your landlord comes down and said, this is what's going to happen. Today we've arranged the business. Tomorrow the business begins. The next day, Faida Yakwanza, your first prophet, said, and then when the landlord comes round, he comes to you and he says, okay, so I'm having a party on Saturday. You can come and pay your rent. This is what you do. You take the money, you put it in his hand, you go, no, there is your money, fuck off. So I would have a, a, a room full of Kenyan women standing there giving them flipping the bird <laughs> fuck off and and then they would laugh and it would and it's you know back to comedy but laughter is a really empowering thing it's a massively empowering thing yeah um anything you can laugh at you have power over which is why the whole woke thing is going so horribly wrong but and that's real power and that is I, I I don't I don't see that as a kindness thing that's a fairness thing that's a fairness thing because they are amazing women and they as much as I do or anyone else does deserve sure. the the right of no sure well um, you may not see it as a caring, loving thing, but as I say, I do, and I'm sure a lot of other people do, and you let me get away with the word caring, so I'm, I'm keeping mm, that. I'm, mm. I'm, <laughs> it is caring, and I mean, I've heard you say before, people would be let down if I was touchy-feely, if I was caring. People yep. would be let down. <laughs> Again, can you see from an outsider's perspective that, I mean, let's take away your pers persona, I guess, mm -hmm. or your the way you're viewed as a comedy critic. The Cruella de Vil persona. Yeah, because that isn't you, is it? It's... Or is it's it? It's part of me. Well, you see... Why would people be let down if they saw... You know, it took me a minute to get the word caring out of it. <laughs> <laughs> why? If you don't... In, if you're getting to a stage now where you're not caring so much, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. about potentially being in comedy forever and being this critic mm. and being this feared critic, will there come a time where it's, you'll let people say more that there is a caring side of you? Because has this, would this have damaged the brand of Copstick? Have you read 
all of my reviews. I've written some incredibly caring reviews. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've written... But there's the brand of Copstick. Yes. And absolutely, I read a lot of your reviews and they're great. Thank and they're you. honest <laughs> and they're... Um... I mean, absolute from what I laughingly refer to as my heart, I do not... Try, the only time... Um, I'm very aware of that brand. Yeah. It's not something that I deliberately created and it's not something I deliberately perpetuate. Yeah. But... I understand when it can be used yep. and I fully understand that if somebody, if, if a show is dreadful, yep. this is when I would craft a Copstickian, what is seen as a Copstickian remark. If a yep. show is dreadful, then there are two things I can do. I can go, oh, this was just a dreadful show. Um, it's just uh, awful, it, uh, it wasn't funny, but, or I can say, um, hand on heart, I would rather have my ovaries removed <laughs> through my ears without benefit of anaesthetic than ever see any of these three comedians again. Yeah. Now, that, is, okay, it's an exaggeration, yeah. but it does two things. One, well, number one, it that was a it was a show called who was it it was nathan cassidy <laughs> uh, jake campbell the chap with the stutter right. the guy that did pigeon impressions and still does <laughs> and somebody else they were doing a three-hander sounds great so it was jake it was pigeon the guy just go <laughs> and then somebody else was dreadful and and i didn't quite know it was very early on in what I refer to as my career. And I didn't quite know what to do because it was so bad. And the audience had just kind of sat there in stunned silence. Yeah. And so what I decided to do was make the review entertaining. Yeah. And then, so people would go, oh my God, that's very over the top. Yeah. People would know that I didn't literally mean that. That this was an over-the-top reaction, yeah. and they might well be intrigued and go along <laughs> and see the show, you know. And then, but uh, what I don't, yeah, I've, I've seen I, that. I've seen that with you. That you. I mean, I was, I was, um, yeah, the victim of a, of a bad review from you many years ago. And you oh do dear. that. Um, what you know, did in I terms write? Of, no, just in terms of a couple of lines where you. Does this show your caring side in a way that you don't, as you say, you're not personal. You always make it, whether that's based on the 50 words that the Scotsman yep. give you, or whether it's just... It's uh, totally... You make it, you try and make it funny. You try yes. and make it... I thick. always, with the, with the ones, I always would, because yeah. I don't think it is for me yeah. to say... Because comedy is completely subjective, really. Yeah. Other than, for me, I have my bottom line. My bottom line is it has to be honest. Yeah. Um, it has to be wholehearted. Yeah. And that is why, um, you know, I, for example, when I was at Alan Davis, I gave him a one-star uh, review. He came and it was, it, it literally looked like he didn't give a shit. Yeah. I'm Alan Davis. At one point in the hour, he actually stood at the front of the stage, 750 people in the music room in... Uh, assembly and he said does anyone has anyone got any requests of old routines that they'd like to hear again what about cats and dogs or big pants and you go who the fuck do you think you are Frank Sinatra you know they really really and and you know way before it became apparently acceptable for people to go on with sheaves of notes he this was his proper opening night. It was not billed as work in progress. It was not billed as anything. And he had notes. Yeah. But we started that question with me saying that you, that you said people would be let down. Uh -huh. If I was caring, people would be let down. You know, the Copstick brand. It's, um, are we, you know, the people that fear you then, I guess, the people that, you know, there is, there is this brand. Do they just need to maybe read your reviews? better 
Yes, Has, I think they a, do. Is this a myth? Is this the... Uh, I think it is. is yeah. And especially um, as... Obviously, anyone when they start and when they're... Uh, when they start, they're a little bit brash, you know? No, no, I'm just... Um, they're a little bit brash and... Uh, go, I hope this is written well. Now I go for, I want this to be written honestly. Yeah. Um, and I, sometimes I do, when I'm writing reviews, I'm thinking, God, people are going to be really disappointed that I'm not destroying anyone this week. Um, but uh, you, I will. If I see somebody, I, I, it's possibly that I'm watching more people that I like, if you know what I mean, because, yep. uh, and I always try and, and put on my list some new people. Also, I, I would feel, I, I don't want to, it's not, it's not my right to destroy anyone. It's not my right to stop people going to see a comic. I would have no problems uh, ripping into somebody, uh, somebody well-known. Uh, like I, I... Like the Alan Davis example. Like the Alan Davis example. And like um, the last, I think, uh, Reg... Did yeah. an absolutely appalling. It was like a smack in the face to yeah. the eight hundred people who were sitting in the Pleasance Grand. I remember that. Appalling. Yeah. Um, but in terms, of, I see a lot. Uh, I deliberately, I go to see a lot on the Free Fringe, Free Festival, Free Everything, yeah. small shows, and I kind of uh, feel I. That's where I, <laughs> I can be a force for good. Yeah. No, I can help. Yeah, well, that's great. I can help. You're showing your caring side again? Uh, okay. <laughs> and it is, it See, I'm is calling a, you Kate when I'm talking no, about being, being a caring person. Um, I think there's a, a Kate and a cop stick with you. Oh, you know? my God. There is. Um, but I, it is a bit of a bugger because it's hard to be, uh, you know, cut glass witty when you're saying this was actually rather good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I do think, I, I, again, in terms of uh, comedy, in terms of comedy criticism, mm. I think honesty is... Absolutely. And, and I, I'm more comfortable now um, uh, accentuating the positives. Yep. Uh, but I will go for the jugular... <laughs> if I think someone is just a games player piss, or yeah. an egomaniac or yep. because, as I say, it's a fucking privilege yep. to be up there. Yeah. With You know, if you're up there in the light and there's a whole load of people down there in the dark, there yep. needs to be a reason for that. And that reason for that needs to be that you're funnier and better and cleverer than they are. Yeah. That's why they're shutting up and allowing you to speak. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, that whole thing about, obviously, your childhood and those years and those decades, and then what happened to you at 50 in the- um, My last the, years. The, 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 that whole thing is very interesting. We haven't really talked about, you know, comedy at all, which is great in a way, um, because it's talking about you as a person. But if we, I guess, go back to that word destroy, um, when you, um, you know, you're talking about Giving a bad review mm -hmm. and destroy sometimes is the word. We I've talked to over a hundred comics um, on psychomedy, and yep. several have brought up bad reviews. Not from yourself, I don't think. Um, yep. I'm thinking of one in particular, which I guess is my moment of the last hundred episodes, where and I'm sure he won't mind me saying it was because he said it, and he, he was happy to put it out. It was it was Jake Yap, and he he had a review, wow. and he could it, it was such a visceral moment he was lying there next to me and he said he'd had this bad review and he was in the middle of edinburgh and he gave up he gave up because of this one bad review he was what? he was destroyed by it and i know you're <laughs> you may be acting surprised but people will be destroyed by a bad review i'm sure you know that 
destroyed as in their Edinburgh will be destroyed, their career could be destroyed as in they could give up. I mean, yep. taking Jake as an example, I mean, it worked out maybe well for him. He gave up the stand-up, but he went more into radio and he's been very successful yes. in, in radio and um, Charlie Brooker and things like that. Um, I don't know who that review was from. From memory, I think it was The Independent or something. But actually, interestingly, he said, what really hurts was they were right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I thought about that review and thought they were right, I'll give up. And I countered that with thinking one review cannot prove that, you know, you're a bad comedian. But one review can... Point out to you. Point, yeah. It can yeah. chime Absolutely. with, you with, with, with a, a fear that is in your yeah. heart, in Which your you psyche, and you go, yeah. shit. But in well. terms of being destroyed, is that something you... Um, ever think about, ever recognise that you could be doing to someone in Edinburgh? No. You never think about it? No. I... Um, I can't think of anything... As I say, if, if I'm going to be uh, very hard, very tough, yeah. I will make it funny. But even, um, even when you were talking about Alan and Reg D. Hunter there, they may be famous comedians, but they are human beings with, you know, potentially issues that you're not aware of. I mean, I don't know. I don't I care. I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, it's not up to me. Everybody, every bus driver could have issues that you're not aware of. But they don't get reviewed in the press. Um, but they are face-to-face with their, you know, critics, as it were, um, for their whole shift. I'm not, um, they are, if they are professional comedians, they're there, they're doing a job, a job. Their job is to make the audience laugh. Like a bus conductor's, uh, a bus driver's job is to drive the bus. Now, they, they don't get, to make excuses, not when you're earning the kind of money that Alan or Reg or any of those are. That's big rooms, big money. If they want to do something a little bit experimental, or in Reggie's case, uh, a show that was 30 minutes long, and then he came back on to say, we're still working on the end of it. Right. And that was about show number six or something. The six, they want to do that, then fuck off down to the Banshee Labyrinth and do, it's a free show, come in, we're mucking about with it. Don't do it for 16 quid, 18 quid a ticket to 800 people and then expect to be cut any slack whatsoever. What, what do they have to think of these poor schmucks who are shelling out 16 quid a ticket, standing in the rain, and they can't even be bothered to put an ending on the show. Mm. It wasn't brilliant, it wasn't anything new, he wasn't suddenly trying ventriloquism. He just couldn't be arsed. And that is unforgivable. That is spitting in the eye. It shows no respect Mm. for your audience. Would you ever talk to a comedian, though, after giving a performance like that? Yes. And wonder oh, um, if anything had happened? Because as you've I've heard you say, and as I'm sure you are well aware, being a stand-up can be a hard life, sad in terms of it can mess with your mental health, travelling around, being away from family, not earning any money or whatever. whatever. People can be going through, whatever job you do, you can be going through issues. Would you ever talk to someone after a performance like that and say... Is that a normal performance for you, or are you going through anything at this time? Why did you walk off after 30 minutes, or is that not a concern of yours? You're just purely reviewing it. This is what I saw. They're a professional comedian. I don't care. And that's not saying you're not a caring, Mm -hmm. loving person, because I think you are, (laughs) much as you try and uh, say you're not. But um, would you think that is part of your job to question... Say a professional comedian, or say I came on, and yep. you know you reviewed me in Edinburgh this year. Say I came on and just had a bit of a breakdown, and then you reviewed it as well. It was the only show of the Fringe, but it was crap. Um, 
completely would you not different have asked, Would you not have asked me, are you okay? And I'd have said some, you know, and if I'd have said something to you like, well, somebody's just died, actually. I'm having yep. a really tough time. Is this anything that's ever a concern of yours? When Very you're different the thing. Very different thing. I, I, I think. Um, uh, there are times when, I'm trying to remember, like, not all that many, but three or four, maybe five times I've seen uh, shows by comics who I believe are good, decent comics, and um, they have, they've kind of uh, broken down in the middle or said, look, I'm, uh, for some reason they've just gone, I'm, I'm really sorry, um, I, I have to go, or um, something hideous has happened. And uh, yeah, what I would do, what I have done, um, God, a couple of them were quite well known, but mainly not known at all. Uh, what I did was I went up to them after the show and said, look, uh, obviously there's something wrong. I am happy because you're not looking great not to review it. I will come back if I can at another time. It's up to you. What do you want me to do? And most of them say, please don't put it in the review. I don't put it in the review. And generally speaking, uh, I, if I possibly can, I go back. That is different from, um, you can tell, you know, I'm, don't forget, I very nearly did a psychology degree. Um, <laughs> you can tell when it's just a lack of care and when there's something wrong. I, I do, however, believe that uh, being a stand-up comic is a choice. You know, there are other careers available. Yep. Uh, continuing as a stand-up comic, if it's all going a bit tits up, is a choice. Um, I am not going to cut you any slack because uh, this audience maybe isn't your audience. Because if you're a halfway decent stand-up comic, you will make them your audience. Um, or you will find a way, you know, if you are halfway decent at your job, you, you do something with the gig. Either you abandon it and go down into the audience and chat to them or something. But um, not to care, I think, is the, the greatest, um, the, the, the greatest sin. Yeah. of a comic because it's not just you you're not caring about it's everybody in the room that you're not yeah. caring about and frankly I don't know a comic that is good enough to be allowed not to care mm. and, and there are it's, it's just a wonderful wonderful thing when you see uh, when you I mean, I remember the first time I saw Red Hunter, he was doing White Woman. And it was extraordinary. And I saw all his shows, so I know what he's like. And I know him a bit. And uh, after that, uh, after that um, review, I did go and see him. I went and interviewed him. I said, what the fuck was all that about? You're there with the stupid little bobbly hairdos with the ribbons. You look like a fucking girly doll. Are you reviewing his hair now as well? <laughs> that was in the interview. Um, and, and I said, and you're, it was kind of a rag bag of vague ideas. This was not, this was day six. It wasn't, what the fuck happened? He went, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Okay, fine. But, uh, and he's a good guy. Reg yeah. is one of the good guys. Yeah. But it's, I believe, I, I don't know, I would say I believe comedy is important. I believe anything is important when, when you, you bring other people into it and you have to respect, respect them, I think. Yeah. I worry that too many comics 
nowadays, you know, these young comics, uh, a lot of them have no respect for their audience. You have to have respect for your audience. You have to. How dare you not have respect for your audience? Mm. Indeed, indeed. So as we near the end of this, case, I mean, God, I mean, yes, just so I think just the final. I mean, just what you were saying there. It, 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 it's almost like we've we've got you wrong in the, in the comedy <laughs> industry. It's almost like you said you didn't choose this persona. You didn't choose. You don't even like having this feared moniker. Everything that you've said. I mean, let's let's put the charity to one side yeah. because you finally admitted that you might be a little bit caring. But even in your reviews, you've said for a one-star review, you you know, you might make it a bit funny because Always. you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to make it personal and, and horrible. Um, you know, with Red Chunzi, you went and talked to him afterwards, and just you know, and you make sure when someone does have an actual breakdown in front of you, you're not going to give them because there will be critics, and I think. I think there are critics that I can think of that would give someone a zero-star review for walking yeah. off stage after 10 minutes. So that's not you. Have we all got you wrong, <laughs> Copstick or Kate? <laughs> Has everyone got you wrong? And actually, no one should be fearful of you at all. It's I, a ludicrous thing to be fearful of you. I think you should be fearful of me if you're shit. <laughs> I think you should be fearful because I will tell people that you're shit. I think you should be fearful of me if you're lazy. I think you should be fearful of me if you are, you know, all ego and no talent. I think you should be fearful of me if you fear the truth. You know? All right. Do you have the truth? I have the truth. <laughs> well, I, obviously I have, I have what I see as the truth and that is all that's important to me when I write it, when I write a review. And I'm not, um, I'm not, I don't, it's the only thing that's important in a review. And if I can't write what I believe to be true, mm. then I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So I, you know, you might be my friend or whatever. I can't cut you any slack. Yeah. Cause then, then we're in Dominic Cummins country. <laughs> I know you're a toy manufacturer, but we'd like you to make ventilators. Here's 10 billion pounds. Yeah. Okay, it's not quite as important as that. <laughs> Comedy reviewing is not quite as important as that, but... No, but it is important. Integrity and that's... Um, that's Integrity and respect. Yeah, yeah. And there are instances that I can think about with reviews and with certain PRs where there's a lack of integrity. So I guess, you know, if nothing else, if people fear you and think you're a brutal reviewer, I think most people think you have integrity and... Yeah, I mean, that and that's the, fine. That is that fine. Is the, that is the main thing. Um, and it's quite, you know, I, honestly, I'm, there's too much uh, of the actress in me not to enjoy the, you know, the best part in any play is the baddie. <laughs> the best part in a <laughs> pantomime is the, is the evil queen. It's huge fun. But you said I don't you didn't want to enjoy be... it. You said you didn't enjoy it. Well, I, no, I said I, uh, I. I don't think it's necessarily me, but who wants to be skipping down the high street, going, you know, hello clouds, hello sun, <laughs> oh look, it's a tiny robin. You can come and help me do the housework. You'd rather be striding down, going, and <laughs> get out of my way, scum. <laughs> you Much would more fun. You would rather be. That, but maybe some of the young comics or the the new comics or is there are there I know as I say we are vastly overrunning I just obviously could talk to you all day and all week but are there any regrets from what you've said I was reminded of the thing that Paul Sinner wrote about you on Chortle which I'm sure you mm. um, do you regret that at all or, no. or not that? no but not. if not that are there any regrets from from your career as a as a critic that you've written something and you thought, actually, if I could take that back, I'd unprint that newspaper. Uh, no. Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely not, because yeah. I've never written anything that I didn't 100% believe. Uh, yeah. With the Paul Sinner thing, uh, I, Just I was amazed. I'm a fan of Paul yeah. Sinner. He's can... a brilliant comic. Uh, he, I, I love his kind of comedy, it, 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 the, the verbal, the, it's intellectual. Yeah. Uh, no, I was genuinely uh, angry and pissed off at the fact that 
um, you know, big comics get to go. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're actually opening on the first, but we're running it in for a couple of days. Then we're seeing how it sounds done back to front for another couple of days. Then we're changing our frocks for a couple of days. So uh, reviewers can come in on day ten, whereas the people who really need some time, you know, the terrified newbies who are in a toilet that they need to work out how they can do. There's their 15 minute set in between flushes in the toilet next door. Mm. They don't get to say, look, can you give it a couple of days? But it was day two. And just just using that as an example, he did answer those points, I think, fairly in that Chortle article. And I don't want to, you know, specific, oh, you go. Yeah, specific things don't matter, really. But I guess it's a sense of he answered those points quite fairly, I thought. Is there no part of you that thought? He might have a point about one of these things. Do you never have a little bit of regret? I mean, he called you in that a sociopathic bully. Yes. Um, and getting to know you a little bit, I don't think you are, and the things you've described that, but in those instances where you will say something yep. and someone will counter it with, yep. to me, seemingly quite fair points. Um, Can, what, no like elements? what? Sorry, I'm, like what? I'm not, I'm not like, like what, but honestly, well, like, genuinely as in, I'm allowed to have a preview because I want, oh, to I, get, I, I, uh, I want to get used to the venue, even though I'm an experienced comic. Okay, I well, want to have one yeah. day where, I don't, I don't want to talk much about this one no, no, thing, but, he's, but it's more okay, the case so he's, of having He a, is, he's an experienced comic. Yeah. He's played that venue before. I've seen Paul there mm. many times before. It's a fucking room below a pub. Mm. How... You, it, it's that's just to me mm. that's just absolute sure. nonsense if for example they'd said terribly sorry paul there's no electrics yeah then sure uh to try it without a mic see how loud he needs to shout there's a bog standard room in a bog standard venue that he has played before yeah and he's doing a show it's not a new show it's not a new anything he's yep. paul fucking sinner he is a brilliant performer who is wildly um, uh, experienced. And I, I oddly, I, I kind of didn't think it would be such a massive hoo-ha. Yeah. I really, and of all people, I didn't expect Paul to off on the deep end. And yeah. I'm sorry if he was genuinely that upset. I can't believe he was. I think he was, otherwise he wouldn't have written that. Yeah. I mean, people, as I say, however experienced you are, I didn't read that Alan Davis review, but I'm sure however experienced you are, you're going to be upset. It's going to kick you in the teeth. And Paul answered that. And that's yeah. just why I asked, is there any part of you in that instance or anything else you've no. done? You, you thought... Absolutely not. Yeah, okay. Absolutely not. And it's not because I go, I don't care what Paul Sinner... I do care what Paul Sinner thinks or feels. Um, I'm, I'm surprised, very surprised, and I am, I'm sorry that I upset him because mm. I didn't think I would, mm. but I absolutely stand by everything yeah. that I said, and I don't even think, I, you know, I, I kind of, I toned down what I actually, you know, the way I wrote it. I tried yeah. to make it as mild-mannered and amenable um, as possible. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's where the reputation comes from, in a way, because in a lot of the things that you do, you're not brutal, you're not caustic, you're not um, unfair, and you're, you are honest, and there is a caring nature of you, but maybe that's where it comes from, because in one or two cases like that, where other people could say, there might have been a little bit of regret there. There might have been a little bit of backing down. There might mm. be a little bit of seeing the other person's point of view. You're very firm in terms of, no, I've said that. I have no regrets. Maybe that is where the reputation comes from. I mean, I do see Paul's point of view, but I think it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stupid. Of course I can see his point of view, but that doesn't... No, but I, you, know. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Someone else counters your point yes. of view, so you will soften your own. Yes. Not if I that, think I'm right. That seems to be not the case. Not yeah. if I think I'm right. <laughs> I'm sorry he hates me now. I think he's a wonderful person. 
Um, and I think he's a wonderful comic, but I, I stand by. They're absolutely ludicrous to have the know Paul wants to get used to the room. Fuck off. <laughs> we see there's the cop stick ah, coming yes. back. <laughs> there's the cop stick coming back. I mean, just in closing, is there... Am I looking into that too much? I think there is an obvious dichotomy with you and what's happened to you and the person you could have been. You could have been Kate. Yes. <laughs> you could have been very different. I could, you could yeah. have, there is a caring side of you. There is, forgive me for saying it, a loving side of you for what you're doing, certainly in this... Thin ice here, Nathan, thin ice here. In this charity. Um, and there is a dichotomy with you that... Yeah, the Kate and the cop stick. And I wonder whether you're going to be showing... Because it seems like you've been showing more of the Kate over the last five or ten years. You've been doing mm -hmm. this charity work. Yep. As you say, you have to go back in time, really, to remember when you've been really brutal to someone in a review sometimes. Because yep. those things, like Reg was many years ago. And yeah. Alan, I think, was many years ago. Yeah, that, Alan was 2001. Well, it's it. that's it. Do you think... As we look forward to the next period of your life, I mean, as I say, you have mentioned that there might be a time where you stop doing com comedy reviews because other things are more important, and particularly mm. in this new world. Oh, yes, laughter is, laughter is very important, but there might come a time where you think other things are actually more important. And um, Are we going to see more of the Kate and less of the Copstick no. over the last uh, over no, the no, 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 I think we've seen quite enough of the but Kate. But you say, you say no, you're, like, you're scared of this person. The nice oh. person, the caring person. Everything that you said is like, you won't let me say that you're caring. You won't let me so say what? Do you think I'm caring? <laughs> <laughs> For the benefit of the listener, it was a, it was a slight huff and a laugh. <laughs> As if, how ridiculous would you have... <laughs> so what... And Suad worked is with she me. Is she caring, Suad? Yeah, Suad, yeah. Suad. Is she caring, Suad? You have to be. You can't. You cannot do this kind of work day in, day out. And some days like this, we've had many where it's dead, yeah. completely dead. There's three of us yeah. standing here all day long. Yeah. This has got to be because you care more about the people that don't have rather than ourselves. I've got lots of things going on. Everybody's got things going on, personal things, you know, we're in here day in, day out. Yeah. Because you have to care. You cannot do this kind of thing. Yeah. How can anybody do this kind of thing if caring doesn't come into it? She, yeah. And why? She, but, For what? To, to show off? She's not exactly on the stage. And <laughs> That's why I question it. That's yeah, why I question she won't. Every day on the news, uh, getting gold medals, getting... Yeah. So, what else? She's either sick in the head, <laughs> mentally, which is not... She's definitely that. Exactly, <laughs> which is not out of the equation. But I think that's what keeps her yeah. sane. Insane, but sane. Well, thank uh, you. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've summed up what I think and what I assume everyone else thinks. I'm in it for the money. <laughs> right, <laughs> well, there we go. That was a lovely way to bring it to a close, I think. Um, yeah. I believe I have no further questions. <laughs> <laughs> Your <laughs> Honour. She summed it up beautifully. I mean, it's been, um, yeah, it's been so lovely getting to know you better today. Some of the things you've said, I would have obviously had absolutely no idea. Some of the things you've said here today, you've never said before, or have, uh, no. have I just missed? Yeah. No, yeah. probably not. Yeah. Honesty, just, you know, no point in. Yeah, yeah. And the older I get, the more I believe, just, just, just say it, just say it. Yeah, yeah. And things, there is still time, isn't there? I, I say, are we going to see more of the cake? And you say, no, no, no. There is still time, isn't there, for things to change? You've changed. You've changed so much since you were mm. seventeen. There was a big change. What I'm planning. Fifty. There was a huge change. What I'm planning is, uh, I think I'm going to become the Scottish Betty White. <laughs> Uh, I keep looking uh, at all these things, oh, and she didn't get her first film role till she was 72, and you go, fantastic, there is still time. Yeah. I could be famous yet. Yeah. And still time not to, not to be fearful of maybe some of the things you've been fearful of, whether that's the word love, the L word, 
or fearful of being told that you're caring or loving to other people, there's still time to change and evolve and maybe go back to where these things first started and actually process them because if you weren't helped at that time in these traumatic events I don't think as you say some people on Facebook may say oh I'm having a bad day today and actually aren't having a bad day but what you went through is incredibly traumatic and you're never too late to go back and really question what happened at those times of your life to create the person that you are and look at those issues through fresh eyes through older eyes and more experienced eyes and think well what was actually going on at that time what caused me to be the way I was for those years, and now I'm going to be a different person. And you know, there's still time to look back and learn and evolve. Or I could just be the baddest old bitch around. <laughs> but we know now that that's not the case. Oh, Kate, I could try. Not calling you copstick anymore ever again, because <laughs> <laughs> I know you're Kate underneath this. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are, um, yeah, such a fascinating person. There's so many different strands to you, and it's uh, been great to, yes, unpick a few of them today and um, try and discover the real you. But I think I think the real you is part of all these different elements, and I think a big part of you is this warm, caring, generous person. And um, again, it's not to be scared of that. And um, you know, and for comics, younger comics, <laughs> not to be scared of it. When you see Kate Catherine Copstick walking into the room, think of her charity work <laughs> and, not, uh, <laughs> and not the one-star reviews that she occasionally uh, gives yeah. out. Copstick, thank you so much Pleasure. for joining me today on Psychomedy. So that is our show for today. Join us again next week for more Psychomedy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify UK, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you liked it, please give us a five-star review. It helps other people to find us. And as Catherine will tell you, only psychopaths leave three-star reviews. Psychomedy <laughs> 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 so was written, presented by me, Nathan Cassidy, BSc in Psychology, and produced and edited by Mike Hansen, BA English for Pop People Productions. Theme music by Mike as well, so that's Psychomedy. Please subscribe, rate, and listen back on all the great episodes so far. They're listed in the video clips and more at psychomedy.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the podcast for £5 a month and get loads of bonus content on video, please go to patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. But more so, go to mamabiashara.com and give them your money follow us on social media at Pop People UK at PsychomedyPod at Nathan Cassidy and at mamabiashara.com uh, lots of love to you thank you again Kate Catherine pleasure lots of love to you all and see you again next week Bald people.